old age is 10 years beyond your chronological age. The gifts of age are the time for freedom and the wisdom to create new images of oneself. The talent for living need not diminish with the passage of years. Well, my day-to-day -day life is busy, busy, busy. Uh, actually, uh, my what you'd call senior years are totally different from what I thought they would be. I envisioned, you know, retiring and, you know, walking hand in hand and all this sort of thing, but it didn't happen that way. I read quite an active life. It didn't start out that way. I, I imagined that retirement would make, that I could take it easy a little bit, but that didn't turn out like that at all. The best time of my life was since I retired from teaching. I had the time of really. No bother, no nothing. Nothing to worry about. No complaints, no inspectors, no progress records, no syllabus, none of these things. I'm my own boss. I can work in the garden if I want to. I need work if I don't want to. If the day is dry, I can mow the lawn. If it's not dry, I'll mow it the next day. I can go for a lake. And I do. I still, still travel to the west of a drive to the west of Ireland in the summertime. I've even, driven, I've even driven to West Cork. I don't think about dying, but I know it's inevitable. I, the first time I was ever really ill or in hospital was uh, six, when I was 73, ulcer trouble. And I remember saying to the fellow who operated me afterwards, he, he said, I, I don't know what I'll do with you. Well, I said, there's one thing where I can't die young anyway. My name is Happy Captain George, host of Alive After 65. Live After 65, the name of a twice-weekly television program in Santa Barbara, California, where I met some of those you will meet this morning. And since part of the year for the older person was a time of memories, some from there and here. Well, my day-to-day -day life is busy, busy, busy. Uh, actually, uh, my what you'd call senior years are totally different from what I thought they would be. I envisioned, you know, retiring and, you know, walking hand in hand and all this sort of thing, but it didn't happen that way. My husband developed a heart condition, and so for about 10 years, it, I really devoted my time to being there for him. I quit basically all of my activities, pretty much, and... Uh, then he did pass away five years ago, and of course my world crashed in, and I thought, I w you know, this was it. I mean, my doors all closed. Mm -hmm. Nothing, it just nothing I ever expected was going to happen. And then suddenly, I mean, just one door after another opened, and I realized all these latent things that I'd like to do, I can do. Wonderful. You know, I mean, I don't have to worry about what time to have dinner, anything. I'm just kind of free as a bird. So I think one thing that amazes me that I did, this was when I was 61, too. I'm 66 now. 
about 62 or something, I took a class in stage and theater dancing, you know, <laughs> and I, I just enjoyed it to the hilt, and we danced to West Side Story, you know, the intro and all right. of this, you know, the, the uh, you know, like the, what were they, the Jets and the whatever, and oh, it was just, it was, just, I loved every moment, but I could never have gone to a dance class with lots of young people. They say, what is she doing? You know, I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> The tap shoes she wanted were in the window of the children's bootery, so she went inside and asked for them. The salesman raised his eyebrows, but lifted her foot onto his metal measure, out of habit maybe. She told him her size, said it hadn't changed in 60 years. Nice that they measure the children's feet every time, she thought, but this was her second childhood, not her first. You been dancing that long too? The young man asked. Just started, she said. Had a talent for it too, but she didn't boast. Actually, she did dance as a child and had had a few more lessons lately. The shoes were a must now, especially since Edie's call. You better come on and visit now, Alice. You're going to get old. You're going to die like everybody else, so do it now. By most standards, she was ancient already, so now was the time. All those things she hadn't done when Bill was alive, she had begun to do now, just because they were in her, the perfectly harmless things she'd done as a young girl. Sailing, swimming, whistling, tap dancing. That fun-loving nature of her childhood hadn't died. She just hadn't turned it loose all those years. Now it was taking over. Let other people worry about brittle bones if they wanted to. That was their lookout. Or the impropriety of an old woman who sticks her fingers between her teeth to hail a cab. Let them think her a zany eccentric if they liked. She was through with neglecting the part of herself that wanted a play. She was thinking of taking her grandson rafting on the Rogue River with a friend of his. Better not wait on that. And of going with Edie to the Hebrides to hear the wind shriek in their ears. Do you think it's unusual for someone my age to tap? She asked the shoe salesman. Unusual? But uh, okay by me, the salesman grinned and tied the bow on the tap shoes for her. How about a demonstration? Move that stool aside, she said. I'll show you something right here. Still sitting in her chair, she let her feet beat a quick rhythm on the vinyl floor and hummed the sidewalks of New York. The salesman was impressed. You see, it'll be great therapy for somebody in a wheelchair. Anyone can learn to tap dance. The salesman wrapped up the shoes. And I'll have one of those balloons you give away too, please, she said. I got into, I did some commercials. I actually acted in a movie for CBS, and I actually, I acted in a movie that, uh, unfortunately, you know, it couldn't be produced, the man went bankrupt, but that was, <laughs> things that I, I couldn't believe I was doing, but I'd always wanted to do things like this. So it's just getting to be, it's just more exciting every day. It just keeps unfolding, and it's, it's a wonderful world. I love it. Are you going to continue with your dancing? 
Well, to a point. Now, this is another one of my activities, and that is I'm in a kitchen band. It's called the Merry Widows Kitchen Band. Now, the, <laughs> the Merry Widows is a group, just anybody that's been widowed or divorced and alone, and it's a support group. But we don't sit around and say, oh, this happened, that happened, you know. We get together and we just support each other in an upbeat way. And uh, we go out for, we have a luncheon once a month and have a speaker, whatever. And this is a spin-off, and that is we have a band and we play instruments like I play the Cloroxophone. And Clorox is uh, bleach for laundry, and it comes in a great big, like, gallon, <laughs> white gallon. So empty, of course, I put some pinto beans in, so I'm in the rhythm section, you know. <laughs> and then another girl plays a scrub board, and another girl plays a mop, you know, and we have these goofy instruments. But it boils down to that we sing, and then we play uh, kazoos. You know what a kazoo is? You hum into the... Oh, yeah. Kind of like Jews harp or kazoo, yeah. uh-huh. Yes. And we entertained, now uh, just last Saturday, we went to respite care at the hospital. And uh, respite care is where people have uh, some family member that needs 24-hour day care. And so what they have at the hospital is a program where they can bring that person Friday night until Sunday night. And then the caregiver has some time off. But our newest thing now, last Monday we practiced, we're learning line dancing. And so it's very simple, but so the dancing continues. And it's a lot of fun. But I have to tell you about the group. There's one gal, Helen, and uh, she's, I think, 80, 83. And periodically, her feet go to sleep. <laughs> and so anytime we entertain, we have to have a chair behind Helen. And she is next to me. So when I hear, whoops, I know the feet are going to sleep. And she just sort of bends over and points her seat. But I've got to make sure she's pointing toward the chair. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's just fun all the way around. It's That's great fantastic. joy. Could, could you hum a bit of whatever you do with your, what you call it, your... Oh, with the kazoo? Yes. Oh, we do, like, when the saints come marching in, or yes. let me call you sweet, the old favorites, you know. And then we have uh, song sheets we pass out, and they can request songs. And I, I actually say what we lack in talent, we make up for noise. One of my fondest memories is uh, going to the farm, and th that is, my mom came from a family of five. Four of them stayed on a farm, and this was a valley that my grandfather, as a pioneer, had settled. So they just took the whole valley. You know, the land was there, and they said, oh, we'll take this valley, and he named it Pleasant Valley. Well, when my mother was married, she moved to the city. So she was the, the one and only of the family that was a city slicker, as we'd say. And uh, so every summer when school was out, my sister and I would go up to the farm about 150 miles from home and stay the entire summer. And this would be back, well, it started back in the 30s, which were the Great Depression years. And I can remember the big joy was going into town, should I hold that? Going into town and we each got, my Auntie Inga would take the, you know, the egg crate, but we each got a bag with one dozen eggs and we would go to the uh, cream 
creamery, as they called it, and we each sold our eggs for 10 cents a dozen. Well, we would take that nickel and go into the dairy part where the ice cream was and get three <laughs> scoops of ice cream and a cone for a nickel. Then we would go down to Johnson's Variety Store, and it would take us hours to figure out what to spend with the other nickel. But it usually wound up being candy, and all of the candy in the little bins, everything was 10 for a penny. So you see, with, you know, with... Uh, five cents, you would come out with 50 pieces of candy that would last you more or less through the week. Oh, and that was, it's such a fond memory. And I always wished that uh, somebody in the family would marry a farmer so I could send my children to the farm for the summer, but it didn't happen. got soft money anywhere, but of latter years now, a cousin of mine died, and they were looking for the next of kin. He was found dead in his place. Well, none of the relations seen the, the piece in the paper, only myself. So I brought the paper down to the, the prison officer in the Arbor Hill, and I said, we've seen this um, note in the paper that the guards are looking for the next of kin. I said, well, we're first cousins. So the, the guard thought that we were doting or something. And he said to them, and there's two women out here, they said they're relations, but I think they're doting. Oh, I said, we may be over, but not doting, I said. So we were able to answer the different questions that he asked. Well, we each got 7,000 odds, just pushed away for, because there's no other saving to uh, secure us for life or, don't you know, for burials and anything like that, or your expenses. Well, I don't ever uh, look back much. I don't... I don't seem to have any great fears. No, I don't get scared. But like the, the man never came into my flat there last Christmas. He came around saying, he knocked at the door, and he said, I, I said, who is it? And he said, oh, we're from the government. We we're giving around call for the old people. The government is giving call to the old people for Christmas. And he said, if you give me a bag, I'll be able to uh, put the call into it. And I thought it was genuine. And of course, I let him in. And he said, I was looking for a bag. And while another lad came in, and I had a round box bed, I said, with all my rent receipts and different receipts in it. He thought it was a box of money and didn't he steal it and run away with it and was got out on the grass the next morning. Well, this fella that stayed in, he was, he was asked, so what are you waiting? I said, I'm waiting to see if the lorry come with a call. And uh, I was just, I had a bit of paper and I was scribbling, I was writing uh, the descriptions of him, his fair and thin featured and the kind of clothes he wore. And, and he snapped the paper and I took it from him and I put it in my jump. And he put my hand up, he put his hand up my jump and took it over again. And I cut him with a toe. And I was twisted, twisted, twisted. And he was yelling, let me go, let me go, let me know, so I'll bite you. So I...
You are old, Father William, the young man cried. The few locks which are left you are grey. You are hale, Father William, a hearty old man. Now tell me the reason, I pray. In the days of my youth, Father William replied, I remembered that youth would fly fast and abuse not my health and my vigour at first, that I never might need them at last. You are old, Father William, the young man cried, and pleasures with youth pass away. And yet, you lament not the days that are gone. Now tell me the reason, I pray. In the days of my youth, Father William replied, I remembered that youth could not last. I thought of the future, whatever I did, that I never might grieve for the past. You are old, Father William, the young man cried, and life must be hastening away. You are cheerful and love to converse upon death. Now tell me the reason, I pray. I am cheerful, young man, Father William replied. Let the cause thy attention engage. In the days of my youth, I remembered my God, and he hath not forgotten my age. Adept at the furtive knee in the groin and the elbow in the solar plexus, little old ladies jump the bus queue, waving their out-of-date passes. On the 1640 to Raheen, foraging gangs of three or four little old ladies surround the conductor and tell him to stick his peak hour fare. Little old ladies conspire to bring the economy crashing down by blocking supermarket checkouts and driving weekend shoppers insane with an endless supply of pennies counted out of their moth-eaten purses. Little old ladies spend their pensions on knuckle dusters and karate courses. Little old ladies read poems. <laughs> My foot. The little old ladies I have seen on the 1640 to Raheen were leafing through manuals of guerrilla warfare and would spit on the Penguin Book of Contemporary Verse, I have seen grown men break down and cry when fixed by a little old lady's eye.
lead quite an active life. It didn't start out that way. I, I imagined that retirement would make, that I could take it easy a little bit, but that didn't turn out like that at all. And uh, it's, it's mainly uh, originally caused by the fact that we have a, a senior center, which is sort of a focal point for all the, all the older people. And there's a lot of activities there. I'm a good ballroom dancing. I, I say that it's somewhat reservation, but I'm a good ballroom dancer. And we have a pickup band uh, comprising, uh, and when everybody comes in at the same time, it's 16 people, just like Len Miller. Not as good, but we, at least we have the bodies. And uh, we, they, they put on a program twice, twice a week, on Tuesdays and on Thursdays, for an hour and a half prior to lunch. And naturally, I got involved with that. And we also have a senior chorus, a choir, that was led by a lady who was in the 90s, but unfortunately she died, which of course is not too unexpected for you at all. And they needed a temporary director. And since I'm the kind of guy that doesn't like to say no, <laughs> I, uh, I ended up with the job. Now, I, I must say that uh, from a technical point of view, I'm completely unqualified. I have no theoretical musical background, but I, I, I figured I wouldn't need that. <laughs> so I've been the director of that group for, uh, for two years now. And uh, we go out performing in hospitals and uh, at the center and at uh, other centers in town. There are more than one. And uh, we also do quite a bit of solo singing. So you sing? Oh, yes. So you're going to sing for me? Well, <laughs> no, I wasn't planning on singing anything, but uh, well, you yes. you can sing one short little verse or Yes, yes, I can sing. sing. Crazy, crazy for feeling so lonely. Crazy, crazy for feeling so blue. I know you'd love me as long as you wanted. And someday, leave me for somebody new. Worry, why should I let myself worry? Wondering, what in the world did I do? Oh, crazy, for thinking that my love would hold you. Crazy for trying. Crazy for crying and crazy for loving you. Crazy for thinking that my love could hold you. I'm crazy for trying and crazy for crying and I'm crazy. For loving you Well, tell me more about your life first. Uh, so that's, that's my so-called volunteer life, at least about a third of what I really do. My wife belongs to an organization that 
I can't really think of it offhand. This retired person in America, some people volunteers. Oh, yeah. It's in a, it's in a national it. organization, with local R chapters. It's R A P or A R. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And they, we are on standby with that group whenever they need us for usually to do some work for a nonprofit organization like the, the, the Cancer Society, for example. Mm -hmm. They want to send out a mailing, and uh, if you start paying people to do that sort of work, you're running up quite a bill. So that's where the volunteer comes in. Most of us have a background in business, or at least in, in, in some capacity. Mm -hmm. So the last mailing we had there from the, was from the mission rescue, the rescue mission rather, which is for homeless people. Yes. And on short order, we were asked to take care of 8,300 pieces of mail. <gasps> 8,300. So we, she then, our leader, gets busy on the phone and hustles up as many people as she can. And we all go down there and we get coffee and a donut and then we work like dogs. Then I got... Uh, one of our uh, real senior members that has a theatrical background and he came up with the idea that it would be nice for to for some seniors to be engaged in theater and actually the first one he asked was me and i have no background whatsoever in theater, <laughs> none whatsoever but you never say no i didn't say no i told him he said well he said at least I, you you won't get any smart alecky answers from me he said well, i have no background he said you're the boss so we put on a play with five seniors. So it's a, a silly little play, and uh, eventually uh, we brought it off. We had eight performances, including one on television. of my childhood. Yes. Well, I got a word of advice from my older brother that, that uh, has, I always remember. He is incidentally, he's his ballroom dance teacher at the time he was. So. And he told me all about ballroom dancing and all that. And his parting words said, he says, he was 12 years older than I am. He says, now, there's one thing I forgot to tell you. He said, don't ever, ever forget their names. That was the best advice I ever got. And we came home to Granny, very strict person. And I wasn't her favourite by any means, you know. Well, of course, she was an old woman, you know. She was 75 herself, 
you know. So I mean, Cherry, she was away back for a month, and um, you, you had to do this. You couldn't look crooked, you know. If you were asked to go for a message, you went for it. You couldn't say, well, wait for the minute. That was out, you know. Well, when I came back to what I think was about nine, about nine, I think, I made my first communion in Liverpool. Now, the mother had died on um, Stevens's day, and the first communion was in March. And the father was, um, you know, he stuck to the rules. You know, you you have to do this and have to do it. And, of course, I was in black. We bought the black frock, black boots or shoes, I forget which, stockings and hat. I was sure it was like a crow, was I not? And the sad part of it then to show me up, you see, he had a partner, and the partner was dark. You know, dark. And all in lace, white lace. She was a black girl. You know, you go up in tours, you know, yourself. So anyway, that well, she gave me a bit of colour anyway. But at that time, I didn't mind funny. The kids wouldn't have that now. I wasn't allowed even a white handkerchief. Now, the confirmation, I had a white frock on me. It wasn't a new one. It was a second-hand one. Well, days were, you know, it wasn't easy for her. She was an old woman, and he being at sea, he used to leave the money for her, like, you know, and it be sent. And then in no time he'd forget but she had a great friend that used to give her the things on the book, you know. So when the money came, she was paid in full. You know, um, they never lost out on her. She was, you know, very honest. And uh, she was great. She lived to be 92. I get up every day and, and know that it's a new beginning. Um, I went through a period of uh, getting older. It's not that I uh, mind getting older. I think it's looking older as a woman because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know about in Ireland, but 
here in this country, we are so image conscious. And if you don't look 20 years old and you're a size 10 and the perfect figure, uh, you're not eligible for anything in your life, whether it be a, a relationship <laughs> or a, a job or anything. And I think that view is changing. I think uh, in America especially, I think the role of the woman and the image of her is credible because we have the experience and the maturity and perhaps we can identify our purpose and i see as we get older it's not that i you know as i said i don't mind getting older it's looking older, older. Yeah. but even that at that you know you get up you try to take care of your your needs as far as you know you're eating right and but i think mostly focusing on the purpose how can i contribute what can i contribute today and how can I contribute? And so I look at being involved in what we're doing here with the Alive After 65 program in Santa Barbara as a way to reach out to people who are older and can see that there are alternatives. They have choices. They're not uh, non-productive. There's a lot of value of being a senior, and there's a lot that they can contribute. So my day is... I have a plan for the day. Um, I put down a little list so that I make sure, because it's real easy to get distracted. You know, people call and they demand your time and attention. It's so easy to give your time and attention unless you feel you have purpose. So as long as I feel my purpose is congruent with my actions and I can stay in focus with that, then I feel I've contributed something. fortunate to be raised on the uh, beaches of Southern California, so my playground was the beach and the sunshine and the warmth and the waves and nature. So that was very special and I was able to spend a lot of time alone and there was a real connection and a feeling of something greater than myself, a real purpose and a unity and a world connection that I felt very special. So all these things that we hear about the wildlife of the beaches in California, <laughs> none of that? Well, not in that regard. I mean, you know, there's a whole different uh, lifestyle as far as there's boating and and uh, water jet skiing and, uh, you know, yachting and uh, there's a, so there's there, a was, there were no drugs or drink or... No, and as a child I could wander the beach alone. I never had to be concerned about my safety or worry mm. that I was going to be uh, in a situation that I was vulnerable. It was total trust, a total trust. So you could walk the beaches and, and play. And nothing ever happened to you? No. To make you scared? No. Ever? Ever. No, my mother believed in children being well fed when they were young and then they can stand any sickness when they grow old. There was no fancy dishes in those days. You got broth made out of shin meat and uh, you got turnips and you got cabbage and parsley, ca cabbage, and you got uh, curlies, which they don't use now. And curlies used to be lovely. They were very full of iron, they were good for you. And in the winter time, we used to get, when you come downstairs in the morning, you got an egg cup full of stuff to drink to purify your blood. 
It was made up of saltpeter and Epsom salts and a whole lot of mixtures like that. But you had to take it, that was to keep your blood. And then in May you got another mixture and you got it off a spoon. It was syrup, syrup and sulphur and all mixed together. And that was for the springtime. You were well looked after. You were taken in when it got dark and your hair was brushed and combed and fine combed to keep it clean. And your shoes was clean for to go to school the next morning. We always had shoes. And uh, the shoes they nearly all wore, but they, were, they weren't fancy shoes like what they have now. They were broke shoes, you know. At Christmas we got plum pudding and my uncle Eddie used to send us a rooster and a goose and we'd have a grand time. My mother would go to Maggie Jones's and buy shillings worth of broken toys. You were lucky if you got a doll with no eyes or maybe no legs, but it was still a toy. Not like motor cars, what they get now and that. But we were happy with it. You got a boot box and put a bit of string on and put the doll in, and that was your doll's pram. And we thought it was lovely. Thought it was the bee's knees. stilly night, ere slumber's chain hath bound me, fond memory brings the light of other days around me. The smiles, the tears of boyhood's years, the words of love then spoken, The eyes that shone, now dimmed and gone. The cheerful hearts, now broken. Thus, in the stilly night, ere slumber's chain hath bound me, sad memory brings the light of other days around me. When I remember all the friends so linked together I've seen around me fall like leaves in wintry weather. I feel like one who treads alone some banquet hall deserted, whose lights are fled, whose garlands dead, and all but he departed. Thus, in the stilly night, ere slumber's chain hath bound me, Sad memory brings the light of other days around me.
My name is Happy Captain George, host of Alive After 65. My special guest here is Inga Gatz, and my co-host is an honor. Summertime, and the living is easy. Fish are jumping, and the cotton is high. Though your daddy's rich, and your mama's good-looking, so hush, little baby, don't you cry. I'm a producer here of Alive After 65. Oh, I've had some very fascinating people. The, the most fascinating one was a hundred, well, she's 101 now, and she teaches yoga, and her name is Ida Klein, and she's just a delightful person. She doesn't say, <laughs> you know, like they all typify these old crows, you know, they're lively, full of vitality. And I said to her, what do you attribute to your longevity? And she says, one day at a time. <laughs> and she does all, all the exercises. She has a class, average age 80. And the oldest one is 93. And they lie down on the floor on mats and swing their arms and their legs. And I'm only going on 78. And I don't think I can do it. <laughs> just They just put me to shame. And it, it's uh, not only is finding a viable alternative to your lifestyle. Once you reach 65, it doesn't mean that you have one foot on a banana peel and the other in the grave. There are all kinds of alternatives out there. And this is the, why ours is alive after 65. We had a lady who's That's 80. the name of your television program. Yeah, it's a television program here in Santa Barbara, California. But we had a lady who's a songbird lady. She's 84. And she looks after injured songbirds. And she saved 300 birds last year. <gasps> she takes them into her home. <clears throat> she has a big room, has all kinds of little cages. And she feeds them with eyedroppers. And just marvelous what she's done. And, and then there's another lady in her late 70s who looks after injured possums and takes them. Uh, then we had a, a man on a motorcycle who's 83, <coughs> and he, uh, I asked him uh, how fast he's gone on the motorcycle, and he looked around the room as if he was in a mischievous style, you know, and he says, 105 miles an hour. So we must not at any time deprecate people who are older, and who are physically unable. And one of the most beautiful stories I can think of is this lady had a stroke when she was 72. So she went to a rehabilitation place. Now this lady couldn't swim, and she had to dive in a pool in a part of a rehabilitation. And we had some pictures of her diving in a pool. She couldn't speak, and this is another thing a lot of people don't realize. When somebody has a stroke, they are trying to answer you, and people think that they don't understand. They are trying to answer you. She told me about this, and I could understand that. And so later on, she regained her speech. She can walk very slightly with a cane. She limps very slightly. All her faculties are back to normal. And the most beautiful thing, at the end of the program, she, she puts her hand on my shoulder. She says, have you had your stroke today? <laughs> it's marvelously. <laughs> can come true, it can happen to you, 
What do you see, nurses? What do you see? Are you thinking when you're looking at me? A crabbed old woman not very wise, uncertain to have it with faraway eyes, who dribbles her food and makes no reply when you say in a loud voice, oh, I do wish you'd try. Who seems not to notice the things that you do and is forever lost in a stock in her shoe. Who unresisting her not let you do as you will with bathing and feeding the long days to follow. Is that what you're thinking? Is that what you see? Then open your eyes, nurse, you're not looking at me. I'll tell you who I am as I sit here so still, as I use at your bidding, as I ate at your will. I'm a small child of ten, we have father and mother, brothers and sisters who love one another. A young girl of sixteen with wings on her feet, dreaming that soon now a lover she'll meet, a bride soon, 
at twenty, my heart gives a leap, remembering the vows that I promised to keep. At twenty-five now, I have young of my own who need me to build them a secure, happy home. A woman of thirty, my young now grow fast, bound to each other with ties that should last. At forty, my young sons now grow and will all be gone, but my man's still beside me and to see I don't move. At fifty once more, babies play around my knee. Again we know children, my loved one and me. Dark days are upon me. My husband is dead. I look to the future and oh, I shudder with dread for my younger old busy rearing young of their own. And I think of the years and the love I have known. I'm an old woman now and nature is cruel. Tis her jest to make early age look like a fool. The body it crumbles, grace and vigor depart, and there now is a stone where I once had a heart. But inside this old carcass, while a young girl still dwells, and now and again my bothered heart swells. I remember the joys, I remember the pain, and I'm loving and living my life all over again. I think of the years, all too few, gone too fast, and accept the stark fact that, that nothing can last. So open your eyes, nurses, Open and see, not a crabbit, old woman. Look closer at me. childhood memory well when I was uh, when I was three years old preschool I was in a little play there and they they gave me a beard like I have now and my oldest my middle sister and my mother came to the, to the play and my own mother didn't recognize me because I had this beard on it and my sister says don't you know who that is? She says, that's your George. She couldn't believe it. I mean, that stuck in my memory. And then I was, that's how I started in the theater. They, there was a traveling company coming through, and my dad had a, had a stand there, sold coffee and everything during the night, and he worked during the day, of course, too. And they needed a little boy that had taken sick in, yeah. in the show. Yeah. So I had blonde hair and blue eyes and, of course, a little child. And so I got into this play. So I've been in theater for 74 years. And, and it's beautiful. I mean, I'm a, I'm a vital person. Sure, I have my aches and pains. If my eye starts to bother me, I'm half blind in this eye. Or if I have a hernia here, you know, which I have, you know. And if anything starts to bother me, I say, oh, never mind here. Go to the hernia. And if the hernia, go to my toes. 
Just let, that's that's nothing to be worried about. For God's sakes, life is here. It's now. It's a day at a time. And use what you've got. What you haven't got anymore is gone. But I have what I have. And spare time, I sleep. <laughs> so it is very, uh, it's a message to those beautiful people in Ireland. It's very important that you don't die at 65. Don't let your brain die particularly. You get out there and do things, and if you ever come to Santa Barbara, I'll kick you in the rear end if you're not doing it. <laughs> you make me feel so young. You make me feel so spring has sprung. And every time I see you grin, I'm such a happy individual the moment that you speak. I want to go play hide-and-seek I want to go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon You and I are just like a couple of tots Running across a meadow Picking up lots of forget-me-nots You make me feel so young you make me feel there are songs to be sung, bells to be rung, and a wonderful fling to be flung. And even when I'm old and gray, I'm gonna feel the way I do today. Cause you make me feel so young. You make me feel so young. You make me feel so spring has sprung And every time I see you grin I'm such a happy individual The moment that you speak I wanna go and play hide and seek I wanna go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon You and I are just like a couple of tots running across a meadow picking up lots of forget-me-nots you make me feel so young you make me feel there are songs to be sung bells to be rung wonderful fling to be 